Let me run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at legalshield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, Ken. Did you know that gold is the only currency that's held its value since the dawn of money? Well, I did. Thanks to our friends at Legacy Precious Metals, the most trusted name in gold investing. Investing in gold protects you against inflation and gives you a hedge against stock market volatility. Don't leave your retirement to chance. Call Legacy Precious Metals today at 866-691-2173. Or download your free investor's guide now at buylegacygold.com. That's buylegacygold.com. John has got a vacation week. I'm here with Deborah Mark in our little news center. Get updates from her every 15 minutes or so. And in about 15 minutes, we have, I guess we're calling it inflation vacation. That's your chance to win a thousand bucks with the keyword. Uh, we're doing this uh, weekdays and begins with the 9 a.m. hour and all the way through the five o'clock hour here on the John and Ken show. So you listen for that word and then uh, you send in the keyword and you could win the money. I'll explain more coming up, but it'll be in about 15 minutes here on KFI. We're going to talk once again to John Kupal, the president of the Howard Jarvis Taxpayers Association. He gave us a heads up about this story, and now we're seeing it written up. It's a new report out called Unjust Legacy by something known as the Opportunity Institute and Pivot Learning. <clears throat> Pivot Learning. Anyway, it's a nonprofit that advocates for equitable, oh, there's that word, equitable outcomes for California. Pivot Learning is a consulting organization that works with schools in California and other states on improving achievement. And apparently this report talks about what they think is the unjust legacy of Proposition 13, passed in 1978, a backlash against rising property taxes that was driving people out of their homes. They're saying it's contributed to, listen to this list, a wealth gap, a severe housing shortage, and for decades, not enough funding for public schools. John Kupal, welcome back to the John and Ken Show. Hey, hey Ken, how you doing? Well, that's a whole uh, lot yeah. on your plate there, fella. 
<laughs> well, I, I know, but, you know, it's like a broken record. We've heard this so many times before. And, uh, you know, uh, when Prop 13 first came out, they, they complained that it should be repealed because it is a it uh, benefits business properties too much. And then they've come up over the last 42 years with a series of excuses uh, why they, they, they think it's a, it's a bad thing. And uh, I guess when you've run out of, uh, of criticism – then, then you kind of play the race card, and that is underlying this. They're saying that it's uh, inequitable, that uh, that it impacts minority communities more uh, because most of the benefits of Prop 13 have inured to the benefit of of um, uh, rich people. You know, we have heard this before, and I think one of the things in their 47 pages that they did not point out that when Proposition 13, uh, when it was attacked in the courts, the, the United States Supreme Court, not the California Supreme Court, the United States Supreme Court upheld Prop 13 on the very basis that it inhibits displacement of lower-income families by gentrification. Right. So it's like Prop 13, I mean, you go into any minority community in California today, and you go up and you say, hey, would you like your property reassessed to full market value? This makes no sense at all. And, again, this is the latest, uh, Ken, in the, in, the, in the endless litany of uh, so-called studies or arguments or lawsuits against Prop 13. Fortunately, fortunately, Prop 13 still polls – very, very well, well above 60%. And uh, even though California is now um, a majority-minority state, I mean, uh, uh, white Californians are now in, in the minority, uh, and yet Prop 13 remains very, very popular for the simple reason that Prop 13 helps everyone. And I think people know that no matter what their socioeconomic status is or anything. I, if the basis of it, and this is one of the reasons it passed with 65 percent of the vote in 1978, was it was driving people out of their homes, people that could not afford the rising property taxes. Uh, of course, common sense tells you, well, it's just the opposite. It was helping people at the lower end of the economic scale. The wealthy could afford the property taxes, probably weren't happy about that, but it wasn't driving them out of their homes. This is really upside down. They're still so bitter over this, aren't they? They really are, and it's interesting because for the first 10 years after Prop 13 was enacted, even liberals acknowledged that Prop 13 had a very progressive element to it in that it helped lower-income people. So now they've come full circle. The only reason they've come full circle is because they've tried every other argument, and it's not sticking. Again, I think um, you know we have – We've been through the list before, the highest income tax rate in America, the highest state sales tax rate in America, the highest gas tax in America, about ready to go up again, by the way, on July 1st. And yes. yet Prop 13, Prop 13 is the only thing that provides a modicum of sanity. At the same time, it's generated a lot of property tax revenue. Everybody, you know, the, these detractors say, yeah, but you have low property taxes. We don't. California ranks 14th out of 50 states in per capita property tax collections. So, I mean, th at the end of the day, they just want it all. They're coming up with any excuse to say, you've got it, we want it, and we're going to take it, even if it takes some bogus study to try to justify it. And they always come back with, it's hurting the schools. 
It's all, it's, it's really been horrible. Prop 13 has just destroyed school funding. This report says California fell from fifth in per-student funding to 47th in the nation in the next two decades after it passed. That is f- absolutely, abjectly untrue. The National Center for Education Statistics reports current expenditure per pupil inflation-adjusted uh, in 2021 dollars. We went from $5,800 per student in 6970 before Prop 13 passed. We're now in inflation-adjusted dollars uh, over f- uh, about $15,000, and and that was that was pre-COVID. And post-COVID, it's got to be much higher than that. So on a per-student inflation-adjusted basis, we are throwing money at education. The problem with education is we're getting a crappy product, and it's not for lack of money. And the state is about, what's the latest budget, $300 billion? They have a $100 billion surplus. I mean, how is Prop 13 hurting the money that they're taking in? They're taking in so much money already. How could they possibly look at this as a reason uh, to be uh, to knock it aside? Yeah, and and when the here's the other important point: when the inevitable recession comes, and there's a huge drop off in income tax revenue and sales tax revenue, it's Prop 13 that stabilizes the local the uh, property tax revenue for local governments. You talk to any county assessor, and they will tell you that Prop 13 has actually been good for local governments because it helps us stabilize the revenue coming in to local government coffers. So it's a win-win-win all the way around it still it still really ticks off the progressives because they just want it all and uh we're here to defend uh prop 13 which we've done for 42 years and we'll do it for another 42 years yeah i just had a conversation with one of my uh siblings i have a sister that lives in texas it was probably the one thing she was paying more than i was was property taxes right. she couldn't believe how much it was and i i know the number you cited were not exactly uh you know, in, the, in the, the the top or lowest states for property taxes. But it's clear that that's at least one advantage we have over many states is the ridiculous property tax bills. Yeah, we get a lot of calls from Texas saying we want Prop 13 for Texas. I'm not sure that's a, that's, that would work that well because uh, Texas has no income tax at all. What they do need in Texas, and I've told everyone there, we have a lot of policy advisors, that they need a, a, a some limitation on the annual increases in taxable values. Maybe not 2% like California has, which is really great, but uh, they need some tax relief. Uh, but again, it's hard to feel sympathy for Texans who pay zero income tax, because that's what's uh, hurting a lot of us here in California. All right, John, always a pleasure to talk to you. Thanks for spending some time with us. You bet. You have a, a great day, and uh, we'll talk to you later. All right. John Kupal, the president of the Howard Jarvis Taxpayers Association. A 47-page report has come out that's basically calling Prop 13 racist, that it favors the white, wealthy class and has led to a funding gap, particularly for schools. And you see this all the time. You know how much money is spent on K-12 schools in the state of California? It's an enormous amount. The schools, the public schools, aren't a failure because of the money. It's a failure because of the quality of education. And a lot of money is spent on middle management, a bunch of uh, supervisors. All right, we got more coming up on the John and Ken Show, including 
Ah, your chance at $1,000. You just have to hear what that keyword is next. John and Ken show on KFI. Coming up after 4.30, we'll be at the health and science desk. And I have a feeling after I tell you this study and go through the details of this study, a lot of our listeners will be doing something tonight that they don't ordinarily do just to see how much longer they're going to live. Eat more veggies. That would not be it. Oh. That did not come up in the study. But that's a nice try. Eat less meat? Sometimes we have to compare veggies because veggies are okay, but there's some I just absolutely cannot stand. There doesn't seem to be any limit for you. We should do a veggie cook-off, Ken. That would be really fun. Well, I don't cook a lot of veggies. I usually just buy them. Or, I mean, you could just, just microwave a bunch of them. Yeah, you could. Or you could just throw them in. Them. You can saute them and add a little rice. Delicious. Oh, once she gets started. <laughs> I have a, no, yeah. no slowing her down on. from veggie cooking talk. Why don't you go on one of the weekend food shows? And <laughs> I actually don't cook a lot anymore. I used to. Oh, okay. So now you go to one of your favorite vegan restaurants and get yeah. a grocery store and get vegan stuff? Well, actually, is there, today... Is there I, an all-vegan grocery store? Is there one? Well, I go to... Sprouts has a lot of vegan stuff. Trader Joe's, Whole Foods. In fact, I went yeah, to Whole Foods today. but I mean only today. vegan stuff. There's probably got to be one that's only vegan Only stuff, vegan? Right? There's, yeah, there's no meat in there. There's none of that dairy, none of that. I, I, I haven't found one. All right, maybe you can start one. Oh, okay. Well, when I get bored working on this show, maybe that's what I'll do. Yeah, well, it could be soon. <laughs> it could be. Uh, wow, the California high-speed rail. We haven't done an update in a while. <laughs> There's a battle in the legislature, of course, over allocating the last uh, couple of billion dollars from the initial near $10 billion bond measure that passed in the year 2008. 14 years later, here we are, and there's really nothing to say. Uh, it looks like a picture. There's just some large structures uh, in Fresno, they're like sort of rail overpasses. That's about all that we've got after 14 years. Of course, they want to build this terrible first segment up in the Central Valley from Bakersfield to Merced. They call it the train to nowhere. They're going to they're asking the federal government for one point two billion dollars. And they're hoping with a president like Joe Biden. But of course, he doesn't control Congress that they can get that kind of money. The state has spent $9.3 billion for project development and construction since the mid-2000s, most of that since construction on the initial segments began in the central San Joaquin Valley in the year 2014. What do you think about that? Right now, the estimate for this Merced to Bakersfield segment is nearly $20 billion. It's worth repeating the original ballot measure said $33 billion for all of high-speed rail to connect us from top to bottom. $20 billion just to get from Merced to Bakersfield. Now, there's another update. This one comes from the San Jose area. They have now estimated that to put high-speed rail to connect San Jose to San Francisco, the cost has now ballooned to over $5 billion dollars that's a jump of 200%. There's just, there's no killing this. There's no putting a finish to this. They apparently completed a years-long environmental clearance process. This is a 48-mile corridor that will carry these trains down the peninsula up there in the Bay Area on electrified Caltrain tracks at 110 miles per hour and eventually on to Southern California. Oh, yeah, right. 
in the year 2090. There are three stops, and the, apparently the environmental document released last week does include this new price tag for the recommended routes through the peninsula, which is more than three times the figure that we heard in the High Speed Rail Authority's 2022 business plan, which has to be current. It may have come out last year, the business plan, but they're claiming it's inflation, uh, high real estate costs, supply chain woes. It's affecting all projects around the country. See, it's like they've added on the pandemic and the supply chain problems to their never-ending list of excuses. Uh, they also say that uh, apparently, because the uh, high-speed rail agency has still got this CEO, Brian Kelly. Well, we're in a bind over cost estimates because, and this part's really unbelievable, without funding, we can't really figure out the budgets on an accurate timeline. You like that? So now the excuse is, well, we don't have the funding, so we're not really sure what we can build and how much it'll cost. Wow, this thing is a circular bleep. I don't really think it's fair to ask us, this is Kelly, gee, what are your cost estimates to get somewhere when nobody's providing us funding to get there? This just puts us in the guess forever position. So it says here, even with the dramatically high cost figures, the San Jose to San Francisco link is relatively cheap and less disruptive compared to other segments of the project because, and here's what we've talked about before, it relies on existing Caltrain tracks and stations. See, that's what they decided to do. And eventually, years ago, they called this the blended rail project where they were going to use existing rail lines and try to run higher speed trains on them. But they can't do that in a lot of these places. So this has become unbelievable. And just to repeat, back in 2008, it was supposed to be a two-hour and 40-minute ride from Los Angeles to San Francisco. And then eventually, there'd be connections to Sacramento and San Diego. This story I'm reading says it's a cost of $45 billion. I remember it was only $33 billion, and then it jumped to over $100 billion. Well, now you can see we're on our way to about $120 billion. But all of this is a joke. None of it is to be believed. The thing is, we need to kill this. And in Sacramento, there's a divide between the legislature and Newsom. Newsom actually wants to continue on with this boondoggle. The legislature wants to grab some of this money for local rail projects, knowing that this is just a complete waste. All right, coming up next, we'll be at the Health and Science Desk. If particularly you are over the age of 50, you might want to listen to this because this brand new research is going to give you an idea as to how many years you have left on this planet. John and Ken show on KFI. And U.S. and Chinese scientists have implanted human cells into monkey embryos. An international team of scientists working on a project say that they have discovered strong evidence for the existence of a new force of nature. The patient accusing the doctor of some bad bedside behavior and it was all caught on camera. Science! Doctors started grouping cases together about a brain illness. 
The discovery of a potentially new and unknown syndrome is scary. Scientists are now trying to unlock the secrets of this strange syndrome. Researchers say they found the skull of what they believe is a new species of human. Science! It involves an 18-year-old baby-faced kid who's accused of masquerading as a doctor, treating patients out of his own clinic. The mystery disease is devastating. We just want to know what it is. They've tested for dementia, Alzheimer's, Parkinson's. They even did antibody testing, historical antibody testing. Science! As we come on the air this evening, the nation has now reached that grim new milestone. The outbreak of a mystery virus that now has the World Health Organization on edge. And now, an update mm. from the John and Ken Health and Science Desk. Yes. Here's John and Ken. Yeah, well, well, Ken, this is one of our oldest desks, by the way. Uh, probably as old as the uh, execution desk. It kind of went out of commission, though, because when the pandemic hit, we could have pulled out the desk every five minutes to report on COVID. So it's kind of been restructured and it's back. And of course, the health and science desk isn't just about pandemics and uh, strange stories of uh, people having organs removed from their body that were the wrong organs. Every now and then it's uh, to make sure that you stay healthy, Deborah Mark. And we have a brand new study to talk about. Brazilian experts tracked 2,000 people, people ages 50 to 75. Now, I don't know your age, and I'm not going to ask. But anyway, um, for those listeners who are tuned in and are between those ages, this might be something you want to hear about. And I guarantee you, there'll be a number of people in the audience hearing this right now that will try this tonight because you just can't help yourself after you hear about this challenge. These are, how would I put it, exercises, things that you should be able to do if you are in decent health and should live an extended life. If you cannot do these things, the science says, the research says, you're likely to die an earlier death. How's that for very, very extreme, huh? Mm -hmm. And the first one is the flamingo. Are you perplexed, Deborah Moore? Yes, I am. The flamingo, you know, I read about this years ago. I didn't know that they call it that. Stand with one foot on the back of the opposite lower leg while keeping arms by your side. Fix your gaze straight ahead and see if you can do that for 10 seconds. If you cannot, sorry, 84% who could not complete the flamingo test were more likely to die early, according to this research. That's only one of several markers, but I saw this story yesterday and I tried it. I was up there 20 seconds or more. Really? So, yeah, the one thing I didn't do, which I'll have to do later, I didn't put one leg on the back of the other. I just kind of stood there on one leg. Like I didn't have it set behind the other leg. I yeah. don't know if that's important, but yeah, you'll try it. I, know I will, will try it. I will when I yeah, get I home. <laughs> you don't, Do you do yoga or anything like that or any kind of? No, I should. Any kind of sort of? No. I hike. You, you hike, but you don't go to any gyms or do any kind of uh, no. toning? Or... I, I don't like, no, I do some weights. I do I do weights at home. Do I, I just don't like going to a gym. Uh, now, the next test is how fast do you walk? You ever notice how fast you walk? No. And I saw this in a different study recently that your pace is a strong indicator, particularly if you're a bit older, as to maybe how much you got left in your body. Um, 
the slowest male walkers were doing about one mile every 18 minutes, to give you an idea, while the fastest walkers were at one mile every 15 minutes. So you think about that, that's four miles an hour. That's pretty quick. I haven't really checked myself. I think I do about three and a half miles an yeah, hour. Yeah, I do so too. Probably, I think that's what I do. You know, because you don't really think about it. If you're talking to somebody or you're not paying attention, you're probably going slower than you think. But I've been out there and people, I see some people like they're obsessed. They go by me with their arms going and they're going like six miles an hour, it seems, or maybe four or five miles an hour. Uh, the slowest female walkers can only cover one mile every 20 minutes. Uh, the quickest female walkers were able to, I don't know, this number is not right. But anyway, according to this journal, that's another indicator of whether or not you're going to be around for a long time, the walking speed that you have. Another one I think is impossible. And um, they had this at my gym. One of the instructors called it Turkish get-ups. Do you know what that is? No. Turkish get-ups. I'll explain it to you. You get on the floor and you sit cross-legged, right? Okay. The idea is to stand back up and do not use your hands, knees, or arms for support. Oh, I can do that. I've done you that can? before. Yeah. Oh, that's pretty good. Yeah. I can't. That's one I have a real problem with. Really? Okay, you got to work on that, Ken, if you want to stay yeah. alive longer. Uh, well, I can do the walk, standing on one leg and the walking speed. I know, I but imagine if, so you can do, if you can do all of these. You're going to be around forever. Yeah, I don't know if it's, you know, if you can't do any of these, but <laughs> you're probably at the highest risk of an early death. If you can do some of them, you're probably doing uh, better off. Yeah, that one I think has a lot to do with flexibility. And I have some flexibility problems. I mean, I stretch a lot and I roll out because I run a lot. I have very tight hamstrings and it's hard for me to do that without at least using one hand to get up. And, and actually, the, the guy at my gym had you holding a weight while you do it. Oh, that's hard. Without, yeah. So you're still holding the weight up in the air while you stand up? Uh, yeah. Yeah. You do that and send me a video. I will. I'm going to try and do that tonight. I bet you I can do it. It's not going to be easy. Yeah. Yeah, but right. I'm going to do it. Uh, walking up stairs. You should be able to walk up four flights of stairs without stopping. I can do that easily. Yeah. I love stairs. I, I, although I don't go to those parks where they have those <laughs> tremendously high Oh, you staircases. should do that. I do, I do those. It's fun. Well, it's yeah. not really fun. It's good exercise. Uh, another one is grip strength. Men should have a grip strength above 26 kilograms, while women should be above 16. I wouldn't be exactly sure how to measure that one. I don't really have anything that measures grip strength. I'd, I don't know that mine is. Mine is probably average. And the last one, can you do 40 push-ups in one go? I can't even do one. Push I'll admit, I'm terrible at push-ups. And that's something else I found out at my gym. Women have more trouble with push-ups than men. So what they were allowing the women to do is keep their knees on the ground and do the push-up because oh, it's, yeah. it's your upper body. Yeah, I could do that. You could do 40 with just your upper body? Yeah. Oh, okay. I'll try that. I will try that tonight. But regular push-ups? <laughs> no. Yeah, that's tough for a lot of men. The, the only one worse are pull-ups. You ever do a pull-up? Yeah, I can do a few. Where you have to just pull your whole body weight up over the chin bar? Yeah. That's... Can you do pull-ups? I can do, but probably just a few at a time. Yeah. I couldn't do any more than three or four or five, right? Yeah. Those are so hard. They, yeah, well, they studied all these 1,700 people. What I found weird about this was, well, they tracked them long enough to, <laughs> to find out and chart which ones died young <laughs> versus which ones kept living. Um, that, 
that's probably what. So it must have been a um, a study that that lasted for quite a, a few a few years. So that that's our advice to you. But begin with the flamingo. <laughs> the flamingo. And see whether or not you can stand on one leg with the other leg wrapped behind the standing leg. See if you can do that for at least 10 seconds each leg to determine whether or not you're going to live a long and prosperous life. Deborah's doing uh, it right now. This is easy peasy. I could do my newscast this way. Oh, you yeah. better do your whole newscast this way now. Okay. I got to move my mic. I will. This I was going to say, how can you talk on the mic if you're standing? I thought okay, you sat I moved, I moved it up. Okay, so I... I'm Okay, I'm good. I'm doing it. You're on one leg? Yes, I am. And my she other la- my other leg is wrapped around my standing leg. Oh, that's pretty good. All right. You're going to live a long life, unfortunately. <laughs> unfortunately. Thanks, Ken. I love you, too. All right. Coming up after uh, 5 o'clock, we'll be at the George Gascon Recall Desk. Our guest will be Kathy Katie. Kathy has done remarkable work for victims and families of victims of crime. Thanks to the L.A. County D.A. who doesn't care about victims of crime or their families. We have another story, a man who's been arrested in the killing of a homeless person in Pacoima was released from prison last year after serving just eight years of a life sentence for a double murder because George Gascon would not transfer his case from juvenile to adult court. Kathy Katie's involved in the case. She can tell us a lot more at 5.05. John and Ken show here on KFI. We'll be at the George Gascon recall desk at 5.05. We're really at the end here. July 6th is the last day they can turn in signatures to put this on the ballot. If you are an L.A. County registered voter, please go to recalldageorgegascon.com and uh, sign that petition and send it in. Um, we're going to be talking to Kathy Katie. Kathy Katie is retired uh, with the uh, L.A. County DA's office, and what she's been doing now is uh, pro bono work for victims of crime, their family members. She's represented many people, particularly with the onslaught of George Gascon cases because he doesn't care about victims. And the latest concerns a convicted gang member who benefited from George Gascon's policies, and because of that, he was out there to kill a homeless person in Pacoima. We get all the details on this coming up after the news at five o'clock today down in Uvalde, Texas, where a couple of weeks ago at Robb Elementary School, 19 children and two adults were killed by a mass shooter. It's sad to think that, you know, despite the horror of that and the evilness of this killer, and of course, he's dead, so there'll be no trial. All the focus has been on the police response, which was basically non-existent they got to the school they got inside the school they set themselves outside the classroom they released uh, pictures and video today of all the police officers and they were with the school district who were ready they seemed to have shields and weapons they were ready to get in there and stop the shooter and they didn't not for 75 minutes so the man that everyone's looking at here is pete arredondo who was the incident commander at that school, although in one of the only interviews he's ever done, he told the Texas Tribune he didn't think he was in charge that day. I Is that going to be his defense? I didn't know I was in charge. I don't know. You're the head of the school district police, and it's happening on school property. I, who else? Would, he was waiting for somebody to take over. We also heard that he didn't have a police radio. And, of course, yesterday in the weekend's big development, the classroom door may not have even been locked. 
Apparently, it only locks from the outside, not the inside. So they didn't need any special equipment or keys to breach that door. They probably could have just gone right in there within minutes and fought with that shooter and probably saved some children's lives and some maybe a teacher's life. So the development today is that Aaron Dondo has been placed on administrative leave. Uh, it says here they are placing on leave effective today, even though they say they don't really have the full results of the investigation. But I guess after a month, they know enough. And they've decided to uh, remove him from his position. He also got elected to the city council and he asked for a leave of absence from the city council. And they're saying no. And if you take a leave and you miss more than three city council meetings, we're going to throw you off the city council. So I think this guy's just going to have to disappear from town and whether or not there's ever a civil or criminal case against him, we'll wait and see. But it is hard to believe the massive ineptness of this response to a mass shooting 20-something years after what happened in Colorado. All right. Uh, as I mentioned, coming up, we'll be at the George Gascon recall desk. One quick animal story for Deborah Mark. Uh, this time, it's about Griffith Park. Apparently, Fox 11 has learned that there has been a severe backlash against the Griffith Park pony rides. They've apparently been there since 1948. But in recent times, animal rights groups are showing up at Griffith Park to protest the pony rides, mm. claiming that the ponies, are they have a sad life. The operator of the pony rides says that, no, we have two vets on call 24 hours a day uh, to take care of their needs. We have someone out here every week to work on their feet. We take extra care of our ponies. And they're not pushed that hard. What they do is a quick walk, uh, a walk around the ring mm -hmm. a couple of times. They're not really, it's not like, you know, have you ever been to New York City and they have those carriage rides? Yeah, I Central refused. Park? Yeah, I do not. I've never been on one. A couple of those horses have collapsed in the heat yeah, and died. Awful. They at least ought to call those off on those really hot, sweltering summer days in yeah. New York. Uh, maybe they have. I haven't followed that story. But um, uh, he says this is unfair. So you've got a couple of city council members, uh, the usual suspects, Nithya Raman and Paul Koretz. They went out there and they're, they're calling for a third party to assess the facility. But the city of L.A. has renewed its contract with the Griffith Park Pony Rides for at least another three years. So for now, it's not going to end. Um, but they apparently have put together a motion in response to concerns brought forth by residents and animal rights groups. We've initiated a process to bring on a third-party equestrian expert to review and report on the policies and practices of the operation to ensure that the horses are being well cared for. I've heard of it, Deborah, but I've never been there. I've never seen it up close. I used to take my kids... Uh pony rides not at Griffith Park it was someplace else in the valley I don't even know if it's still around but then that was before I was a vegetarian and or maybe it was when I was a vegetarian but I I, I was okay with the kids riding the horses I just didn't want to ride them but I think it's fair to have an investigation and make sure that these ponies are treated fairly and humanely and that they're okay because again they don't have a choice they may not want to give rides to the little kids but I, I do get that kids enjoy 
riding ponies. So I'm, yeah. I'm kind of conflicted on this one. But I want to make sure that they're being well taken care of. Yeah, I don't know how to judge animals, but I, I've been to a few of these fairs where they have like the little petting zoo and there's sometimes there's a little pony yes, ride thing. Yes. They do look depressed. They just kind of stand there with their head down. But I don't think horses and ponies are very reactive in general, so it's hard to judge it by that. All right, coming up next, another Gascon story. This time, Gascon's policies are being blamed for the killing of a homeless person in Pacoima. John and Ken show on KFI AM 640. Deborah Mark has news from the KFI 24-Hour News Center. Hey, Ken, did you know that gold is the only currency that's held its value since the dawn of money? Well, I did. Thanks to our friends at Legacy Precious Metals, the most trusted name in gold investing. Investing in gold protects you against inflation and gives you a hedge against stock market volatility. Don't leave your retirement to chance. Call Legacy Precious Metals today at 866 866- 691-2173. Or download your free investor's guide now at buylegacygold.com. That's buylegacygold.com. Let me run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. 